You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm sitting down today with Bruce Adams and GP. Good afternoon, Bruce. Good afternoon, GP. How are we today? Great, man. Great. You? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine, GP. I- I'm glad you're able to um, to get a little nap in on the podcast later on this afternoon, seeing as how you were woken up in the middle of the night by an earthquake. Yes. Yes, I was. And uh, actually kept me awake for a little while because I was Did waiting it? for the next one. Because we've been having more and more earthquakes lately, so I'm kind of thinking there might be... Something going on. Something's Big coming down coming. the pipeline. Big one's coming. Yeah. Feeling like it. Mm-hmm. Bruce, how you doing today? Healthy and alive. Yeah. Thanks for asking. How are you? I, I would say healthy and alive, but I'm alive. I don't know about healthy. I was just sneezing right here before we started and you guys saw mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen yeah. you had COVID. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you I, and I, your CV I, too. I, <laughs> <laughs> my SARS code too. Yeah. I guess uh I guess let's start with the the big news of the day, and that is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Justice Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed on, which I, I, I was waiting for the headline. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passes of COVID-19. <laughs> but We didn't get we didn't get any of that because that's so shocking. In all seriousness, that's what they're saying. They're saying that about everyone. Exactly. Exactly. They're not doing that. But the fact is, is that it'd be hard. To, it'd be a tough sell for that because everybody knows that she's had pancreatic cancer and she yeah. had. She had another form of cancer. Was it liver cancer that is like spread or something? To it was like she ended up dealing with like a cancer and like a tumor in her liver or something. But I remember that. I mean, she's had a long bout with pancreatic cancer, and that is quite something considering that most people that I read about that are diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, they don't make it past six months. And she uh, she's made it she's made it a uh, pretty pretty long ways. And and to be honest with you, I mean, I'm I'm surprised that she made it that long considering the diagnosis. Uh, of course, that also depends on the severity and stuff like that around it. But I'm sure that she was probably given some of the best treatment in the country over there. But she's not with us any longer. And she she passed on. Now, as far as her passing on, you know, that it's a sad thing that she died of that particular disease. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll cough that one up because that's terrible. You, you don't want anybody sub- to succumb to that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, that's just a bad thing. Speaking of just her judicial rulings, the woman's been a detriment to the country for the last 30 years, as far as I'm concerned, on the Supreme Court. She's been detrimental to the Constitution, to the American way, to our traditions and our values as a, as a nation. And she's just been, I almost want to say an embarrassment to the court, but that, that might be taking it a little a little too far. The, the reason I say that is because she was on, I believe it was 60 Minutes, and this is right after the uh, the Arab Spring had happened and it got started in uh, in Egypt, and they were looking for a new way to go. And she was on giving an interview on national television saying, if I were going to look for a new constitution to start over in a nation, I certainly wouldn't look to the American constitution as a uh, as a way to go. Lady, you're on the Supreme Court of the United States. You're the last line of defense 
to defend that document. And you're on national television giving an interview talking about how you wouldn't even look to it if you were looking to start a new nation. So I, I just, like I said, I think embarrassment might be a little bit too far. I don't know. Maybe it's lack of a, of a better term at the moment. I'm not sure. I don't think that she should have been put on the Supreme Court to begin with. And I've said that many times. This isn't the first time I've said that. I think that she should have been disqualified from the start. She was put on there by Bill Clinton uh, when he was president. And her job before she was appointed to the Supreme Court was she was the one of the chief litigators, of the ACLU. That right there should have disqualified her, in my humble opinion. But instead, she was confirmed. But now comes the next question. Now, now comes the next question. This throws a monkey wrench in the election because the GOP can now scramble and try and get somebody appointed. And the Biden camp's already saying no. Hillary's come out and said no. This can't happen because it's going to set him back. It's going to set him back. Some people on the GOP side are also worried about another Kavanaugh type thing or a uh, what's it, Gorsuch uh, instance where you had the the big media uh, hype and all these accusers were to co- were coming out and it was all a bunch of ginned up nonsense. And so now they're looking at that again. And rumor has it that it could possibly be a Ted Cruz appointee to the U.S. Supreme Court, which I I can't say. I can't say I would disagree with that. Uh, I think that would be a very good pick, a very good pick. But, you know, and Tom Cotton was Senator Tom Cotton was another uh, name that was thrown in that hat. But I think he's already publicly said, you know, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm honored that you would even consider me. But no, because I think Tom Cotton has other intentions in mind down the road. So mm-hmm. if he were to go on to the Supreme Court, then he couldn't pursue his future plans to be the next president of the United States. That's my opinion. That's that's what I think he's going for, judging by his actions and the way that he's presenting himself and, and coming out and taking certain stances. And he's building his profile. You can tell. So I think he's going to make a run down the road somewhere, uh, which, you know, we can argue that when the, when the time comes. Nonetheless, Supreme Court, I, I've rambled enough here on it. Supreme Court. Thoughts? GP, you want to start? Or Bruce, would you like to start? Uh, if he has anything to say, go for it. I don't have anything, really. I'm a... Uh... I'm just tired of all the politics that's going on to get another person in there. So there's really nothing I can I can really add to what you said, Johnny. Pretty narrow, pretty much narrowed it down. We're in a bad situation. Uh, if we want, we it's looking like no matter what we're gonna what they're gonna attempt to do is one side's gonna just keep doing politics, politics, spending government money, spending government money to prevent some to prevent Trump from appointing somebody, and then we'll have to wait till after the election. But we know that the election, if Trump wins. It's going to go to an extraordinary amount, long, lot more time and more government money spent, which our tax dollars are going to. It, I'm just sick of all this crap. Sorry. Having a little uh, frustrated moment right now because I was just thinking about all the money that's going to be spent that we could be spending somewhere else. So condolences to the family. You know, I, yes. I hate that that she died. And especially under the circumstance, you know, pancreatic cancer. As you said, her policies and, and um, you know, decisions in the court. I disagree with. They're not constitutional at all. Some things I, you know, I'd have to look at some of her rulings and stuff or, or just supposedly she's done some stuff for um, women and in and, and that area. I mean, you know, I'd have to see what she's done to, you know, whether or not I disagree or agree. But, you know, I'm, I'm for equal rights and all that stuff for women. So, uh, you know, depending on what, what's done there. But the the thing that I'm I'm kind of disappointed in, not really disappointed in, not surprised, but disappointed. Uh, exactly is what GP was saying. The the political nonsense that's happening. Uh, AOC was coming out saying um, RBG's death should radicalize Democrats and make electing Joe the focus. It, n- no, 
you you don't want to radicalize any more people. I'm sorry, that's the wrong wordage there, which we know what that is, um, but what what kind of speak that is. But nonetheless, this this kind of you know it, it it's part of the go, uh, it's part of the president's job to elect Supreme Court justices or or you know pick one, and then you know obviously Congress goes through and and vets them and then agrees or disagrees. But uh, we'll see what happens. Mitch McConnell, who's the well, he's he's uh, the GOP alternative to Harry Reid, isn't he? You know, or the uh, you know when Harry Reid was in there, uh, he is uh, over the Senate, and he says that uh, he's vowing to uh, quickly vote on the next justice. Of course, Biden, the Biden camp is saying no, no, we can't do it. So. Look, if they want to push it, this could be something that would keep the left off balance. They need to do something because right now the narrative, we know who's controlling the narrative, right? We, we know who's who's running the show over there as far as pushing political uh, extremes and, and uh, keeping up with all the fomenting of the, the violence and everything. And, and they're pushing the climate change. They're pushing the virus and they're pushing the campaign stuff. And all of it is meant to keep everything like we're being bombarded with all these things. And it's meant to keep all of us off balance and on focused. As long as we're unfocused, we're in a state of flux, we're in a state of confusion, and we're not paying attention. So that's the key takeaway here. Along with mail-in voting, that's going to be another thing. That's what they're going to be using to turn this into a three-ring circus the night of the election. Because what did we t- what did we talk about when we were looking at the uh, the war game, the tabletop? It was it's everything that they're going to do to make sure that they convince you that what you're seeing isn't what you're actually seeing. So it's all going to turn into this big, uh, well, no, that's that's not what this is. Did you know they're still running around? I, I didn't even know this until the other day. You know, they're still running around talking about how Stacey Abrams is the legitimate governor of, of Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, she, she lost. lost by 50,000. You lost, lady. Go home. Try yeah. again next yeah. time. That's that's our that's our system. Sorry. That's just the way that it is. They're saying that they don't want to. Uh, the Democrats are saying they don't want to do this. But but um, I'm sorry. Are you in control of the Senate? Are you in control of the executive branch? Oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't think so. So that means that you don't have a say so as to whether or not that appointment actually gets made and whether or not it gets voted on. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's how that works. So the pick goes in. I'm just saying that this is what should happen. The pick goes in. It gets voted on. The left crows and they um, h- how did McConnell put it for the uh, the coronavirus thing? Gag and vote for it. Sorry. <laughs> you know, you got to just suck it up, buttercup. You've had a radical left winger on that court for 30 years. It's time for that pendulum to come back some way, some way. And I'm not talking about to the extreme right. Of course not. Ted Cruz is not on the extreme right. Hell, I'd argue Ted Cruz is in the middle by, by today's standards. I think that it needs to. Um, I think the process needs to move on. They need to get the pick in because this is something that will throw the left into a frenzy. It will throw the political left. It'll throw the political left into a frenzy. It'll keep them off balance. It'll put them on the defensive for once on something. So it's time to put them back on the defensive. Use it as a political football. But if it's Ted Cruz or someone like him that's in the public eye or someone that's in the Senate, I don't know the entire list that Trump has there, but... Uh, Can you pull that list possibly? If it's Ted Cruz, well, the Senate already knows him. He's been in the Senate for 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 a decade. The Senate are longer than a decade. The Senate already knows him. Confirming him would be a no brainer. I'm just saying if it is him or if it's somebody else that's in the Senate side. Amy Barrett. uh, Don't know who she is. Amy Barrett is a former clerk to the Justice Scalia. Um, Okay. So she was under him then. 
she'll probably be another Scalia or 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 like Amul Thapar. Okay. Uh, don't know who that is. Uh, U.S. Solicitor, Solicitor General Paul Clement and Noel Francisco. Those are some of the ones. Barbara Lagoa. Okay. Uh, then obviously Cruz and Cotton. Those are the ones they have listed okay. there. Well, Cotton's already said no. So more than likely it would be mm-hmm. uh, it would be a Cruz. Now, I haven't heard anything about what Ted Cruz has said since that name has been put up. And I'm hearing a lot of people, uh, including Roger Stone. I believe Roger Stone came out just a little while ago. And of course, everybody, you know, we, we all know who Roger Stone is. Roger Stone has put his call out saying that Ted Cruz, and of course, you know, Stone's a Stone has Trump's ear uh, when he needs to. And he was one of the key factors of getting him elected. He's put out the uh, the endorsement for Ted Cruz uh, and says that uh, he needs to be confirmed. He, he needs to be the next Supreme Court justice. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I've disagreed with Ted Cruz on a lot of things. But one thing that Ted Cruz has not compromised on a lot of the times is, well, I think most of the time, to be fair, is the Constitution. He hasn't done it. He He's always been a stand-up guy for it. Now, he... He did. There was something he did a while back that I think might might be a little bit of a disqualification for him. He was on an airplane and he was taking a drink out of a out of a cup of coffee and he wasn't wearing a mask. That that might be a little bit of a of a of a rocky start for him in the Senate hearings. Uh, if if indeed he is uh, uh, nominated, has Ted Cruz said anything about it? Are you looking at like his Twitter feed or something? Oh, he did say he was he had the mask down for coffee. No, not that not that for the Supreme Court. Oh oh. oh. No, I haven't seen anything on that one. Okay, He has said that I'm pretty sure he has said he would be honored to be in the position. But honestly, with the with the list the way it is, um, I'm not sure. It's probably uh, the speculation I've seen so far is uh, Amy Barrett's going to be the she's like top of the list. But the thing is, is no matter what. It, let's say let's he let's say um, we get a constitutionalist in right someone that believes in the constitution okay um, whoever it is it doesn't matter if Trump loses because they'll pack the court yes but that's I mean that that's what they wanted to do on the other side anyway they they wanted to pack the court for years so which way do they go with it so uh, if they get the appointment now how long does the process take the the confirmation process is it. Is it a week? Because the last time that that Kavanaugh stuff, it drug out for like, what, a month, two months? That Yeah. So it depends on who they bring forward. Cruz, obviously, because he's a politician, he's already been vetted and gone through all this nonsense. So they don't really have anything to throw at him. This um, Amy, I don't know about Amy Barrett, because she was under under Scalia, I would assume she doesn't have much. Well, she already has kind of... uh, reputation with uh feinstein apparently faith and law so she she is someone of faith and law looks like so they'll probably go at both cruz and her uh because apparently she's a religious person mm. mitch mcconnell by the way was the one that proposed the amul of the par well i'll tell you what so, let's um yeah. let's let's watch because I, i'm i'm assuming this is going to be played out like the Trump campaign is going to pick this up and they're going to move with this probably within the week. So that's that, I mean, we don't know anything else other than that right now. So uh, I, I want to watch this and we want to keep with it because they need to do everything they can right now to try and throw something back at the Biden camp to try and and get them uh, worked up into whatever frenzy they can, uh, because right now they seem to be controlling the agenda because they got the media. Right. I mean, everybody knows the media is on their side. Yeah. Anyway, because everything was hinging around the election. Let's talk about the um 
let's talk about the violence that's that's happening right now. There, now, we talked about the tabletop the other day, and we talked about what they were wargaming out with the tabletop. And they're saying in the tabletop, everything in that tabletop was on a Biden victory. It was a Biden landslide and Trump wasn't going to leave. That was what the tabletop prerequisites were. So they run this simulation. And in that simulation, in one of the possible outcomes, they said, Trump will then tell his supporters to take up arms. I thought, uh, okay, he, he, he hasn't shown any type of um, inklings of becoming an authoritarian. He's had many opportunities to, but he hasn't done it. But Trump has come out. Now, this is according to the Washington Examiner. Trump has come out and has, this, this was released yesterday. They said, they quoted Trump. He says, once we win, we'll take care of business. The Trump administration has said, will handle any post-election violence. Because you know if Trump is declared the winner, you know what's going to happen. If you think that the riots prior to this were bad, wait till he's declared a winner. Goodness, oh goodness. Uh, it's it's going to go crazy. But President Trump was on uh, Dan Bongino's show the other day, and he said that his administration would take care of business if people who were unwilling to accept the results of a Trump victory on election day turned violent. He says, we want to win. And once we win, we'll take care of business. We're winning now. We have polls. Our polls show that we're winning in Wisconsin. We're winning in Arizona. And yet the New York Times comes out with a poll that we're nine down. He says, we're not nine down. I I, I don't think he's nine down. We were talking about those polls the other day. I don't think he's down at all. Uh, I mean, every if you look back to the last election cycle, every poll showed him down like 98 to two. And what happened? Everybody knew that the polls were nonsense. They were nonsense. They're coming out saying that they'll he's come out and he said that they will take care of business. Is this the hammer dropping if he makes it? Is this the hammer dropping? Is this is this the full on quelling of these things and shutting this Soros funded nightmare down? Because that's what it is. Is it him finally stepping up and saying, we've had enough of this. Our people have had enough of this because He's he's running around tweeting law and order. That's all people want. They just want the riots to stop. People want to reopen their businesses and go back. That's what it is. But this is a warring faction. You've got a, a faction that wants to collapse everything, that wants to burn it all down and wants to bring in an authoritarian system to replace it with. But in order for that authoritarian system to come in, which we talked about yesterday on our digital dark age, that's what it is. This system that they want to bring in, they have to torch the current system in order to do that. People have to be put in a sense of fear and helplessness, if you will. So then someone else can come along and offer a solution. It's a Hegelian dialectic. It's the process of problem, reaction, solution. They create the problem, Soros and company, okay? They create the problem. You react to it by being upset and getting down and having all your wealth and your business and your property destroyed. And you just cry out that you want it to stop. You want it all to end. You want it to go back to normal. Well, lo and behold, the same people that caused it that you didn't know about because you, no one bothered to do any research. They now have the solution. And the solution is what we talk about on Fridays. That's the solution. And it's a horrible nightmare system. And we don't want to go that way. But this is the warring faction. And then, of course, you've got Trump, who represents the American electorate, who's had enough of the political class and doesn't want to go down that road. The average person out there just wants to work hard. They want to take care of their family. They want to have nice communities to live in. And they want to be left alone. When he says, once we win, we'll take care of business. Is this the hammer dropping? I think so. Uh, well, honestly, I hope so. These riots and stuff, we we, we found out today that uh, Minneapolis has their own um, Chaz. Yeah, we're going to um, talk about that in a minute. They have their own autonomous zone. So these these riots, these autonomous zones that are popping up, the really insurrection act. I mean, uh, just 
go in and start um, cleaning them up. Uh, the thing is, is he can't really do this before the election because it it will get violent. That That's I mean, what I want to see in, the, in his second term, if he wins, I want to see uh, CDC head fired. I want to see Burks and uh, Fauci fired. I want to see like FBI, CIA, both. They need to be cleansed. It's not just the heads. There's other people there. It, there's a lot of cleaning up that needs being uh, needs to be done. And you know what else? We're, since we're throwing stuff in there, I'll just I'll let you continue. But since we're throwing stuff in that in that laundry uh, laundry mm-hmm. pile, the dirty clothes mm-hmm. pile, then let's just throw tax exempt foundations in there too. Yeah, uh, I'm torn on that one because I've I've been a part of charity organizations and like church groups and whatnot that do charity work. And uh, that's really a boon for those organizations to have taxes and exempt status. Okay. All right. How, how about this? How about, how about this? How about this? I, I was mainly thinking of like the Clinton Foundation, the Gates Foundation, the Soros Fund sure. Management, you know, uh, so open society. Don't allow politicians to have those organizations. Yeah. And I was also looking at organizations like the Tides Foundation and Act Blue and, and all this stuff. I mean, that's that's who's bankrolling all of this anyway, all the violence. I didn't think those were... I didn't think those were supposed to be political. Like if you were tax exempt, I didn't think you could be political. That's what churches are like. You're you're not not allowed to. to, Yeah, because that's a big thing is like if you're on a uh, if you're a pastor, you're standing behind the podium telling people uh, about politics, then you lose your tax exempt status, supposedly. Well, it's it is to that. Yes, I I, I get it. So I I understand why you're why you're a little, um, I guess, leery of of wanting to, you know, skate around that. I get it. But how about this? How about we we compromise on this one? We say that we create another GP. You might know this organization that I'm about to name because it's it's old school. Uh, The HUAC committee. Do you remember uh, the HUAC committee? Nope. But let's bring it in. It was the House Committee on Un-American Activities. Mm -hmm. And they were mainly tasked with finding um, communist infiltrators from the Soviet Union back in the day. Oh, yeah. We need Mm -hmm. another HUAC committee in the House of Representatives to investigate these groups and these individuals that are subverting our system, our education system, our families, Mm -hmm. our churches, and our very way of life. It has to happen. Has to happen. When you've got educators... Educators, I'm doing the air quotes, educators Mm -hmm. coming out saying that two plus two equals four is racist and it's whatever. And gravity is racist or something. uh, We we have a problem like we we have a problem. And so we we can't continue like this. I saw another thing. I saw another teacher. um, Again, air quotes. I Mm -hmm. saw another teacher the other day. Someone captured the Zoom call. In because you know students are doing virtual learning to in some you know in a lot of areas of the country over there they captured the Zoom call and he says we're no longer going to use numbers because numbers are racist so we've replaced them with animals they weren't racist they were cultural appropriation but yeah was it okay what well, isn't that the same thing yeah it's basically the same thing Is, yes. isn't that isn't that kind of in the same context that they use it it's just a different term but every civilization has fallen right. Here's our situation that we're in. If the general public, okay, if the general populace wants something, should we deny it to them? Should we tell them what's good for them or not? Well, to be fair, we've been told that up to this point. We've been told that we don't know as society what's good for us, so they're going to dictate to us what that is. Mm -hmm. And we've been listening to that for the last better part of 70 years. Okay, so that system has been in place, that system that these Politicians have been taking care of us for the last 70 years. Has it been working? No. 
So have we tried this new system that they're all pushing? Have we tried? Have uh, we yes. tried it? Not the world. Have we tried it as Americans? <laughs> tried this new system? N- no, but that's not a fair. That's not a fair argument because every place where this system has been tried. Okay, if the system that we're do, you, we've been going through is not working, we need to change it. Obviously, there's something wrong. Yes, I'm tr- I got you. I got I, I you. You got me because because they've changed the system. The system wasn't the problem. The system wasn't the problem. The, the problem was that they can't operate the way they want to operate in that current system. See, the American system makes what they do illegal, so they have to get rid mm-hmm. of it. So they've corrupted the system mm-hmm. so much up to this point that, I mean, they they say, oh well, the system doesn't work. Well, no, it worked fine until you screwed it up. So, well, you know, they're changing. California's changing laws. I mean, to make it to help you understand what's going on, California's changing laws to have you allowed to do ruling over race, to take race into consideration, gender into consideration, everything. Prop sixteen. So if you could That's take whatever that is, you know, that is not pro- That's racism. But they're di- defining it. Basically, who's going to get hurt the most is the Asian communities. If you read the law or the prop on what they want to do, because they're trying to remove an old prop and put in this new racist one, because the old one was like, you cannot judge people or hire people or do any government situation with anybody based on race, gender, age or any of this. This new prop wants to be able to do d- decide to hire somebody by the by race, by gender, by age. And that's where California's going. And I think it'll, gosh, I hope it doesn't pass. If it passes, if it does pass though, it's violating federal law. So no more federal funding. (laughs) Really? California, you know, used to be the fifth, but now it's the seventh or eighth now world power house. And uh, it contributes a lot. Well, actually, I don't know if they contribute. How much welfare... How much, uh, what's their uh, ARs? Do you know? Accounts receivable, accounts payable, California? Are oh, we I a positive you were state about or a negative Arma state? Armalite rifles. I, I thought, okay, those are. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ARAP. Yeah, the, the AP is a different version. <laughs> the, um, the situation we're looking at is, you know, whether, you know, if we're losing money, but we're back to our original point of, oh my God, what was our original point? Actually, GP, you weren't here when we were discussing this part of it. The original point was uh, Trump has come out and says that he and his administration will uh, handle any post-election violence. And he says, once we win, we'll take care of business. So is is this, in your opinion... It, yeah, is, is this in, that's a good thing. <laughs> it's Bernie Sanders. I need to get I need I to clip that part of him. Is this, in your opinion, is this him saying that he's going to drop the hammer and restore law and order? Yes. Well, enforce. Okay, restore is a is a, a funny word. Enforce law and order, sure, but restore it's a kind of a tough one because w- really, do we have law and order now? No. No. But enforce law and order, sure. Honestly, all we had to do is just. Enforce the laws on the books. The same thing with when people argue the uh, the gun control thing. You don't need to create all kinds of new laws. Just enforce what we have. That's all you have to do. It's that mm-hmm. simple. It's really that simple. But that's not what it's about with them. Anyway, uh, Bruce, do you have any other? I know you're typing and researching away over there. Do you have any other points you want to make on this before we jump to uh, uh, California? Actually, no. You mentioned the autonomous zone. We'll talk about that. Do, do you have any other points you want to make on the uh, the Trump dropping the hammer thing? Uh, do it. Yeah, honestly, I, really, if he would have done it before this, before election, if he would do it I, I and he went in and cleaned it up, I think it would be a boon for his election as well. 
So I'm all for yeah. it, honestly. People are people are uh, sick of it. It could be a hazard though, because the news outlets would be saying, "Look at this authoritarian regime that he's doing." He see he's obviously going to support. He's using the and military that's what they against civilians. That's what they, that's what they want him to do. Because yeah. then they'll say he obviously, if he loses, he's not going to leave the office. That he's going to stay and it use the government matter. against you. So you need to vote matter. him out. Yeah. The ones that are going to listen to the news media are already against Trump anyway. So it's it's only going to solidify that base. I don't think it's really going to garner them any any favors, if you will, because most of the American people that are either in the middle or for Trump, they don't give a rat's anus about the media. They don't care because they know the media has been lying to them for years now. I mean, not everyone. It's surprising how many people do not have any concept of what's going on in the world around them other I'm, than I'm CNN. Being, I'm being generous and giving the American people the benefit of the doubt. I, I don't believe the words I'm saying, by the way. Okay, because it's horrifying. It's horrifying. How many people out there? I see posts all the time from my Hollywood friends and yeah, they but live your Hollywood in a, friends are left. Oh my God, they are so far freaking left. Yeah, so and they, don't even, I, but, they don't even see themselves. They don't even consider themselves extreme left. They think they are moderate left. And I'm just, I am horrified of the things they want to put up with. Five-year-old kids getting killed. Well, you know, maybe there was a situation. It was there was a there was a reason behind a five-year-old being shot by a man. There because just because the man happened to be black that shot the five-year-old, there might have been a reason. Wait, there's no reason to kill a five-year-old. Wait, you're, you're saying all it took for pro-gun people to get the left to be pro-gun was to just shoot kids in the street. Yeah, apparently. Well, no, they're all still there's still a lot of them are still anti-gun. I'm I, I'm not going to say that they went pro-gun, but they're but they're like, but there's the way I know either way. But you it's know, the I, uh, I, remember <laughs> I remember that night, GP, when you were uh, when you called me and you're like, yeah, I'm headed out for drinks with all these Hollywood people. I'm like, oh, OK, all right. And then he calls me after he leaves and he's like, I really needed you out there, man. I needed reinforcements. I was all by myself. I was being ganged up. on. <laughs> <laughs> you got the their their hive mentality is. You know, we can all disagree on our various viewpoints. They will literally turn on each other like rabid dogs if somebody does not support whoever's the alpha. It's it's crazy. It's it's uh it's kind of scary. But I'm sure in the far right extremes, we see the same, same format. Same way. I just haven't seen any of these far right people that everyone keeps talking about. I haven't either. I would like to meet it's one. A, I would like to see one somewhere. I mean, I know I would like to meet a, one. Is it is it uh Hundreds one out. hundreds of the left. There's one. There is one out there. Uh, I've heard the name, but I've never seen if he if I passed him on the street right now, I wouldn't know who he was. Um, uh, the name I've heard is Richard Spencer. That's okay. supposedly on the far right. Can you look up who Richard Spencer is, please, Bruce? Oh, you mean the, the classic Democrat? Is that what I don't know who he, I've heard the name. He's being called a far right extremist in the U.S., but I don't know who it is. He's he's a neo-Nazi. He's a, he's left, a neo-Nazi. Far left. OK, he's far left. He's a neo-Nazi, anti-Semitic uh, conspiracy theorist and white supremacist okay. who is known for his activism on behalf of the alt-right movement. Uh-huh. Alt-right, left. Left. Okay. So I've I've heard that he is What's the- What's far right then? The, <laughs> far right is- By uh, American standards or like European hardcore. standards, there's a difference. There, there's a difference of far right and far left. That, see, that, this is the, the biggest misconception. We've talked about this many times here before, but we can do it again real quick. The, the European far right- is actually on the American left by the way that we we measure things and look at political ideology or ideologies in the U.S. The far right in America 
is I, I don't even know I don't even know what you would George call Washington. It. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say classic conservatism or, or classic. No, I'll do you one better. Classic liberalism is what is considered to be the far right in the U.S. Is classic liberalism. Just to give you an example of that, where I'm at, if you're considered a liberal. You're a conservative. Liberal in Europe means conservative in mainland Europe. I'm not talking about England. That's different. But if like for here, for example, where I'm at, if you're if you're a liberal, you're a conservative in the U.S. If you're a liberal, you're uh, I'm not sure. I think you, you're at a progressive. You're at a, yeah, you're a progressive or you're at a cafe with GP or something on Saturday. I don't, I don't know. But they've twisted and, and morphed the terms into whatever they needed to be. So now they're just in the process of, of redefining what those terms are to fit whatever narrative they need. So when you say far right in America, that's and you call out this this neo-Nazi character, this um, uh, Spencer, Richard Spencer. Uh, like I said, I could pass him on the street. I don't even know who he is. Is he a, is he a member of the American National Socialist Party? Is that what he is? Or is he the leader of it? Is that where he comes from? Well, they just say he's independent. He's independent. Okay. All right. Is does he hold political office then? No, he's just president and director of the National Poly Policy in- Institute. Okay. Um, executive director of Washington Summit Publishers and oh, the 2017 when they had the Unite the Right uh, in Charlottesville. He was the organizer. I see. Okay. Well. Like I said, I, I don't know who the guy is. I've heard the name. I, I heard that he's somehow the alternative on the far right in the U.S. But I, I mean, I've like, I, like GP says, I would like to see where these right wing extremists are. I, I would like to see that because nearest I can tell they haven't had uh, what you've got eight people standing out there as a quote counter protest holding up some flags. I mean, something come on. Right wing extremists. We actually seen them. They were the ones that were armed with their ARs and their little their their plate carriers and whatnot and were standing peacefully in the in front of the governor's office protesting the lockdowns and the mask mandates. Those that are right wing far extremes. right. Well, well if I they mean, were extreme in America, if, that's the far right. By yeah, by the by the the media standards, yes, that's true. But if you're an extremist, you're not peaceful. Right. So. Well, okay. If you want a far right, you could say Proud Boys. Okay, that, that's, they they that's, they go out they're there. They're right, and they're extremists. They're well, okay. I, I in a way I could see that, but at the same time, they don't. I mean, I've I've seen some of this. Uh, I mean, we've seen videos of the the things that they've done, and they are not. Let me put it this way: they're not the aggressors until they are they are touched. Once they're touched, yeah. they'll stomp you into the ground. So. Yeah. I mean, and I've seen several videos of them. Of course, they're getting ready to go to Portland again. They're going to be in Portland next week. The last time that they were there, when they all when they had their their counter protest there, they didn't get violent. They didn't. To their credit, they didn't. And it was they were marching across the street or excuse me, across the bridge. They were headed to the other side of town. They were going to plant a flag and then they were going away. That's all they were going to do. And that's all they did. Now, I've seen some videos of uh, here recently last week when they were uh uh, they were headed into Portland again, you know, with a line of Trump trucks and all that stuff. You know, some of them were on there in the back of the pickups. And when they squared off against some uh, some spoiled Antifa brats that crawled out of their parents' basement and they gave him a stomping, other people in the groups were saying, OK, he's had enough. Get off of him. Right. I mean, it's just enough. And once you get him down and you hit, you get the Antifa one that's down there and he starts crying in the fetal position and he says, I'm sorry. After he's getting a real ass kicking, then they back off. But I've not seen the Proud Boys go on the offensive. I don't see Proud Boys out there burning businesses down. No. I, I don't see Proud Boys out there uh, beating That's people up. Point. Yeah, I don't see I don't see them out there hitting uh, hitting old ladies in the street with bricks. I don't see that. No. 
And that, that's exactly my point is the far right in America, the actual far right, the ones that are the constitutionalists, the ones that are for smaller government, the ones that are for um, the free market, that that far right, which is the American far right, um, they're not out there burning the businesses. They're the ones calling for the government to step in and say, OK, this is one of your jobs. This is one of the things you're supposed to be doing is retaining, really keeping law and order. And then when it's lost, you you reacquire it. But that's one of the jobs of the government. And that's one of the jobs that uh, more or less the, the far right agrees upon. When you when you start getting into the uh, libertarian side of things, they that kind of changes a little bit to where uh, government government's only for um, ensuring your rights and uh, uh, military. That's it. Uh, law enforcement is that of your local community to work out on their own. So if you want to elect a sheriff or whatever, each community has their own system, more or less. You had mentioned there before we got off onto that uh, long drawn out conversation about the extremes. You had mentioned there that there was a uh, another Chaz that had popped up in Minneapolis. This is called the George Floyd Autonomous Zone. I hadn't heard about this until what, about an hour ago? And apparently it's been there for a little bit. But uh, again, Andy Noe has called this out. He's put up the maps and everything on his Twitter feed, uh, along with a report. And this is in, again, it's in Minneapolis. A George Floyd autonomous zone in Minneapolis is blocked off by barricades and checkpoints. A business owner within the zone has was violently beaten unconscious by a man who was demanding money. And responding police and ambulances were stopped by aggressive protesters. So that was the report that was put out by... It looks like the local ABC affiliate up there, ABC5, uh, they put it out. They reported on it. Uh, they, they show that their camera people, they pull right up to the barricades. And clearly, it's it's there. They pull right up to it. They're right at the checkpoint there. Uh, and they ask to come in. They won't let them in. You know, they won't let the media in with cameras and, and all of that stuff. Business owners are, are being beaten and extorted in there. And clearly, I mean, I'm looking at some uh, some footage here uh, from inside the businesses. This is going on for it looks like a, uh, a four block area, and it runs from 37th to 39th streets and encompasses Elliott, Chicago and Columbus Avenues centered around the George Floyd Memorial. Now, an unidentified spokesman for the city of Minneapolis. This is the shocking part about all this, says that there is no auto- this is a quote says there is no autonomous zone in the area of 38th and Chicago Avenue or anywhere else in the city of Minneapolis. Law enforcement responsibilities have not changed for any part of the city. It's right there. I'm looking at it. I, I'm looking at the area that's bar- the four block area that's barricaded off. They won't let people in. There are barricades and checkpoints set up. There's a sign that says you are now entering the free state of George Floyd. And, and you're you're saying as a city official that there's nothing there. Not only that. So this this uh, report you're talking about that came out of um, ABC five, right? Mm-hmm. They list here a Dan. They don't. He doesn't give any more about his person. Just Dan. He has a auto body shop down there. It says he was knocked unconscious during an assault and robbery in August fifth. Now because of the blockade. Uh, law enforcement and EMS were not able to get there for 14 minutes. And I was telling GP off recording that your typical stabbing, which usually is in uh, the stomach area, the bleed out time is about nine minutes. And it took law enforcement for So in other words, if he would have been stabbed or or had an open wound that was bleeding uh, of similar um, speed, he would have been dead because of these blockades. 
So we haven't heard anything about the blockade. And apparently it's been going since at least August 5th. That seems kind of funny that that's been going on for over a month and you still deny that there's something there. The city council in Minneapolis voted to get rid of the, like disband their police department, correct? They started to, so that was supposed to be on the docket. And I think that that uh, they came to their senses and realized that would be a bad idea. So they're, I think they're gunning for reforms. Reforms. Okay. Well, they say that the group that, according to the ABC report, they say that the group that has taken over this uh, autonomous zone says that they're unarmed. Okay. So what? Why allow it to continue? Uh, of what purpose? I mean, what we we had the one continue in Seattle until. I mean, even even when people were getting shot, right, people were getting shot and killed at the one in Seattle. It stopped when the protesters finally went down to uh, uh, the mayor's house and protested at her house at three o'clock in the morning. By 6 a.m., that place was shut down. So this next one, though, it's not getting very much coverage. uh, Nonetheless, that doesn't mean that it's not there. So uh, when does this one get shut down? I mean, you have to start with recognition first. So what is it going to take for the city to recognize that it's even there to begin with? Well, they they kind of already do recognize that it's there. So they're they're saying that they're in um, negotiations uh, with the people of the occupied zone uh, to work towards uh, a phased reopening nego- of the area. Negotiation? They're, they're in negotiation. a set, they're, they're sitting down negotiating? How, how do you negotiate with people that have taken over four city blocks? How, how do you negotiate with that? You, you walk in and you say, uh, I'm sorry, you don't have the authority to do that. Uh, we're shutting you down and you're going to jail. I hate to tell you. I, I thought America kind of had a standard of um, not negotiating with terrorists. Do you want to talk about some COVID stuff? You got some COVID stuff you want to talk about? CDC stuff or COVID. Let's see. There's uh, not really okay, anything so we on can there go, right now. It's we can, the earthquake and Earth, Ruth Bader yeah, okay. Ginsburg. I got some COVID stuff. GP, where are you at? I've got, uh, we, we wanted to close out with, uh, are you busy? All right. Are you busy? I'm no, no, I'm I'm okay for the next little bit. Okay, uh, I wanted to end here on uh, on California. We haven't talked or talked too much in the last couple of days about uh, what's going on with the wildfires. It, is it still a problem out where you're at? It, are they starting to get them under? Not control? where I am currently, no. But no. it is going on in northern parts. Yes. Okay. So the air quality. I heard the air quality in LA is still pretty bad. Is, is it? That's LA. That's normal. <laughs> yes. Well, that's not. Yeah, it's normal. <laughs> I mean, you can't L.A. quality, you know, air quality. It's either bad or worse. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. like it's great today. Oh, my gosh. No, it's better than bad. It's better than, say, 1974. I'm sure. Yes, yes, yes. Back when yeah. you could barely see through it. Yeah, that was that was yeah. brutal. OK, so I remember um, those there's days. yeah, they're saying today. I actually I saw some crazy stuff out of uh, out of this um, out of the uh, the L.A. Times from back then, how they would actually send people outside of the city to like uh, up into the Sierra Nevadas and they would bottle up air up there and then they would bring it back to the city and they would walk around and offer people, you know, fresh air (laughs) just to give them a little bit of a relief uh, and to get some fresh air because the the smog was just so bad in LA. Don't make fun of my business. I mean, (laughs) that was was your first (laughs) job. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I was around there. Hey, mister, Uh, you want air? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The article out of uh, uh, out of the uh, Daily Signal says that uh, bad policies and not climate change are the main driver of California fires. We've talked about what they've done out there in, in I was almost said Chicago. I, I guess that's just as bad almost, isn't it? But uh, what they've done out in California, we're being told that this is all man-made climate change. But 
Mm-hmm. We have evidence to the contrary. People are being arrested all up and down the, the West Coast for intentionally starting fires. Now, it might not be the big ones, but they'll be who's to say what started the big ones, except if you know, we have record of one gender reveal party uh, with some fireworks. But bad policies. This is the other aspect of this that everyone seems to be ignoring. So one of the things that they've not done over the last, has it been 30 years? Has it been 30 years that they actually haven't uh, cleared the underbrush? They've changed everything to where every twig is sacred and every leaf is an, is an ecosystem and, and That's, all of that. That is the case, but most of it's already been burned out. It burns out every year. I mean, we literally have everything burning out year after year after year. So it's and it's new growth. But yeah, that we do have a lot of laws that you can't uh, you can't rake, pick up leaves. You can't pick up rocks. You can't. Yeah. In fact, we've got property they can't build on because it's sacred to some cricket. So, yeah. Not quite sure I know what to say to that. <laughs> there is, yeah, and I know what's going on in Southern California with uh, with the Delta smelt. I'm sure you've heard all about that. The uh, the farmers can't use the water supply to water their crops down there because of some sacred fish or something. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But Children starve is great. It's awesome. Y- yes. Go so ahead. Biden's running around saying that uh, we have four more years of Trump's climate denial uh, and how many suburbs will be burned in wildfires. They're pushing all of this off on man-made climate change, but they're ignoring their own policies in that state for not cutting underbrush. Where's the common sense with any of this? Why do they double down on something when clearly it doesn't work? Why do they continue with that policy? If it burns out every year, like you're saying, and these are not mm-hmm. controlled burns, if it was controlled burn, that'd be one thing, because you have to have controlled burns in certain cases, because you have to burn things out in order to get new growth, right? Get regrowth. Well, I think, Johnny, you're, you're misunderstanding what's going on. Is you, It is climate change. You forgot. That's the organization called climate change, and they hire these people, apparently, to burn down everything. Because we know that a lot of these fires, honestly, I mean, in Vita, seriously, we know that arson has been a biggest contributor to the largest fire we have in California. Arson. I don't see in those reports anywhere where they say arson. Do you? No. Other no, than, you know, that. some of the, I mean, in the, in the, I should say, in the um, liberal media, they just say, keep saying climate change. So is it climate change maybe because it's dried out, which climate is changing anyways, because we're coming out of an ice age. And I don't, I can't say it enough. We're coming out of an ice age. You know what happens when we do that? Because we go through the cycle. We've been doing it for thousands of years. It goes cold, then hot, then back to cold, then hot, back to cold. And we've been doing the cycle for a millennia. Um, so there is climate change. But <laughs> what we've got is this situation with all these arsonists. We need to address that fact and not just say, well, it's climate change and arsons help start it. You know, we got to make, you know, make the point that who's really at fault for this? California and they're refusing to clear the underbrush. It is a tough situation because, you know, California is a desert, correct? You guys know that California, a good portion of it, desert, not a lot of rain. And uh, so these a lot of the animals rely on this brush to survive. Where was I going? <laughs> I'm pulling a uh, excuse me. Have, let me have a bite moment. And then there was this cornfield. We were walking through it. And then we were weather stripping a house and blowing and we, <laughs> up. And then sharks were going through the tornado. And then, you had, and then you had this this thing. And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand and it get hot. I got a lot of I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool 
and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. Roaches. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. But is that the full clip? Did he talk? Was did he start the whole conversation though? See, we we might be you might be in the same situation as they're doing against Trump. I only taking a portion of the clip. Did he? I listened to the whole to the, thing. He that, didn't talk about cockroaches anymore. No, he didn't. No, that that clip was like five minutes long, and like that's the key part of it. It's like he just goes off into this. But did he talk about it five heard. minutes beforehand about cockroaches? No, I don't recall anything about roaches anywhere in any of that speech. So anyway, we were, we were right. talking about arsonists before this. Arsonists. You were, you were talking about ar- arsonists, climate change. Yes, we need to ha- have these arse, you know, the people that are causing this needs to be held accountable. If it's a state that's causing this by their negligence, they need to be held accountable. If it's people, they need to be held accountable. But to blame it on something that's if, if we can't do anything about it, then why are we talking about it? Well, some of these arsonists that they've caught so far are affiliated with Antifa. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're saying on their social media that they're Antifa. They have f- uh, photographs and video of them being in the riots. So mm-hmm. these guys were arrested. Some of them were, were arrested. That's how we knew about the affiliations and whatnot. And they were released. Would you, would you call it a PR bond or whatever? Yeah. Personal cognizance. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically they've said, you promised to come back to court, you know, on, on the court date, you, you promised to come to the, that, that's literally what it means. Yeah. So yeah, to, to GP's point, law enforcement aren't even doing anything. Uh, law enforcement arrested them. I, I should say the uh, justice system isn't. Law enforcement arrested them, but the judge set them loose. So uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we're out of time today. We're going to have to dip out of here just a little bit early because we have to take care of some other things. So uh, thank you for sitting down today, Bruce and GP. I appreciate that. For those of you who have not, you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. We love getting all of your likes, your comments, your echoes, and your upvotes. You can follow me over there at Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us and you do not want to do it free of social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends and family and known associates. We're trying to grow our audience here as much as possible and we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could please pass this along, we would greatly appreciate that. Also, if you're rating podcasts and you could please drop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating at your convenience, five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Also, we are on a new platform as of today. Amazon has just launched podcasts as well through their Audible system. And we are now available on all Amazon devices that have access to the Audible system. So uh, if you're passing us along to friends and family, you can mention that one as well. GP, Bruce, thank you guys for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.